Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. And today we are dishing about men's health with Andy Era. But first, let's do some catching up. Nicole, what's new? Uh, my COVID stay-at-home husband is, I shouldn't say, not stay-at-home, work-from-home husband is back to work this week. Not full-time, uh, but I can no longer rely on him to be an anchor here at the homestead, uh, which admittedly, I, on a previous episode, I said COVID's been really good for our marriage. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was not at all an exaggeration. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. But I, I need to, you know, organization's not my my strength. So now we have even more coordinating who's doing what in the morning and kind of managing early meetings. And yeah, just bleh. so it's feeling more and more like COVID's over, <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I would say. Which is a blessing and a curse. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, we have an episode coming up on all the good that came out of COVID, right? Yeah, yeah we do. Uh, and I would say, okay, so we're post Memorial Day weekend. So we're in full on like weekend vacation mode. So it almost seems like Friday afternoon through Sunday evening, like that 48 hours. It's like my FOMO is back in full effect. And I'm like, okay, I want to be on a boat. I want to be at the beach. I want to go to the pool. I want to do this. I want to go that. I want to go on a date. I'm like, I'm (laughs) spreading myself a little too thin. I will say it got my rear in gear and I was uh, working out both mornings this weekend Mm -hmm. uh, because I was like, well, it's not going to get done later. Uh, Yeah. So I would say my, yeah, it's, it's hard to cram it all in. And then by Monday, I'm like whipped. Um, so this week I'm feeling like hungover from the weekend, just trying to do too much stuff. Um, yeah. So I need to just balance it. It just seems like summer goes so fast. So I try and cram like 12 months of fun into 12 weeks and mm. I'm unsuccessful. I wonder why. Yeah. Now I'm cranky. <laughs> yeah. I uh, feel like we have this conversation every year. Every and you year. Do the same I thing. Know. Because it's true. You you guys live in an area and so do I really, mm-hmm. where really the nicest yeah. time of year is is now. So yeah, you want to do it all. Do all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And super random. So it is uh, a couple days early from when we're posting this episode. Oh, a couple days, quite a few days. Um, I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. If you're a master chef fan, I, a good friend from work, um, he's a drug rep. We'll just call him what he is. He's a drug rep. So mm-hmm. he was in today and he shared with me that his wife is on master chef. How cool. I know. And he was so on the DL about it. I'm like, dude, that is so exciting. And I don't know, but I think she went pretty far. But he showed me like the trailer for it. Her name is Anne. Um, She's from Kalamazoo, Michigan. So if you watch MasterChef, tune in and look for Anne because I will certainly be doing the same. Is that the one with Gordon Ramsay? Yes. Okay. That show is so dumb, but yet so good. Here's what I don't like about it. It's always the same thing. They yeah. always, it's kind of like Hell's Kitchen and all of his shows. It's, it's really the whole, it's the same um, script, different people, but it is very entertaining. I have to say, I, I do thoroughly enjoy that show. I'll have, to, I'll have to watch it. He comes across like a total D-I-C-K on the show, right? But she said he that he's actually really nice. And Paula Dean, I'm, we're like, Paula, first name basis. She's oh. on this season. 
Um, okay. Yeah. So she got to meet like all these cool people. I'm just, I'm like starstruck. So cool. I don't even know Anne and I'm like number one fan over here. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> There's a guy from Columbus on um, Top Chef. So I, I feel like I'm close to Top Chef now because a, a guy who actually lives in Columbus and has a restaurant in Columbus is on oh, that's there. Cool. So. Next yeah. time we're there, we'll have to go. I exactly. I told Nick we have to go, but yes, we will we'll definitely do that. I want to see how far he gets first. So. Since our kids can do, they do so well. And in, in, <laughs> <laughs> I will call it eleven fine o'clock. Dining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I don't think his is a fine dining restaurant, but it's probably more fine than the place that we went to. Okay, we'll bring Piper. She appreciates good food. That's true. <laughs> she and, and Paige. I think everyone else is out. Yeah, they're out. <laughs> What's going on with you guys? Oh, boy. Well, we're getting ready for vacation. You know how it is when you're packing for vacations. It's like you need a vacation from your vacation prep, basically. Now, is this your uh, East Coast vacation? Correct. Yes, and we are going. Yeah. We're going to Hilton Head. Oh, changing it up. Yes. So we, we actually haven't been back to Bald Head Island where we got married since we got married, which is absolutely I mean, it, it's ridiculous. If you really think about that, we have to get back. Every year we just go somewhere else, but one of these days we're going back. But yes, Hilton Head Island this year. I just placed my order um actually for our groceries so we can pick them up right on the way into our place. And I feel very organized. I'm, you know, I'm packing for myself, packing for my kids, but Nick does a lot of the other stuff, so I'm not complaining. But yes, we are preparing for that. Uh also and you're driving. we are driving. It's really nice because Nick's sister, so it's a 10-hour drive. It oh, ends up being okay. Okay. It's really not, it's not awful. 10 and a half, it ends up being about 12 hours total with all the stops. Okay, which sounds, I know, absolutely atrocious. But here's the thing. Nick has a sister who lives in Charlotte, which is almost halfway. So we always stop there on the way there and on the way back and sleep over. So it breaks it up. We get to see her, her husband, her, our nephew, her son. So it's actually perfect. Um, And it also extends the vacation as well. So they have a nice house where we can stay. Also, so I'll, I'll I'll talk more about that afterwards, but I'm excited for that. Uh, my allergies have been so bad, so bad this year. I feel like maybe I go through this every year, but they are saying on the news that this is one of the worst seasons, but I feel like they say that every year. It's one of the worst seasons for allergy sufferers. I have been taking two Zyrtec a day, doing the Flonase and the really expensive Pat-A-Day eye drops that are supposed to, you know, relieve itchy eye for the entire day, which they don't ever for me. And I'm still miserable. So anyway, long story short, Paige wants us to get a cat. And, and I've been kind of kind of talking with her about getting a cat, yada, yada. I'm allergic to cats, but I keep thinking maybe I can handle having a cat as long as we just don't let the cat in our room. If any of our listeners have had success with allergies and living with a cat, please tell me how you do it. What are your tips, strategies? Is it even, is it dumb? Should I rethink this whole situation altogether? So yeah, I've been doing some research on that and her birthday is in August, so I've got time to think about it, but I do need to decide on that um, relatively soon. Uh, Lastly, Father's Day is coming up. Oh wait, actually, no, it's not. I'm way ahead. By the time this comes out, we'll still be two weeks out from fall. I keep thinking Father's Day is at the beginning of the month, but it's at the end. So anyway, never mind. <laughs> I digress. Our next episode comes out on Father's Day, right? Isn't it June 20th? I think so. Yeah, I think this one comes out the week before Which will Father's be too Day. late to do anything. So what do you, do you have any plans for Nick or are you getting okay. him anything cool? No, not really. Okay, so I think I talked about this last time, but our my mom's side of the family. So it's not even like, yeah, it's my... So it's his mother-in-law's 
extended family, okay, um, always have their reunion on Father's Day. So, of course, for Nick, for Father's Day, like his gift is to not have to go. <laughs> so I told him he can stay at home while we, me, the kids, my mom and my brother, maybe, go to the reunion, which is like an hour away. It's not very far. And he can either go play golf or have the whole house to himself. I don't know what he'll do and nor do I care, but he won't go. Here's the thing. We have this reunion twice a year, which he says makes it a non-reunion. He, he said, it shouldn't be called a reunion when you when you meet twice a year. So we'll also do this in uh, over Christmas time and he'll come to that one. So it's fine. So he gets his little gift is not to go to my reunion and then I'll get him something else. It's probably pretty small. Uh, he likes he likes to wear Paige's um, bracelets sometimes. So I did find on Etsy this really cute bracelet for men that would have all of our names on it. So I'm thinking about having that, ordering that for him, but just something simple. What about you? You remember when we were at the zoo and we kept seeing those girl dad shirts? Yes. There you go. <laughs> now, are you getting it from Homage? What is that? Do you know? Okay. Homage is a Columbus store, It's but I feel like everyone knows about it. It's H-O-M-A-G-E. It is actually owned by uh, a guy that I was friends with in high school. Um, he was actually really good friends with my boyfriend growing up or in high school. And uh, so he started this company. They make T-shirts, but they're like really cool vintage looking T-shirts. And and I feel like they're the ones that started this girl dad trend. But I could be wrong. But check it out. It's H-O-M-A-G-E. They have a website they deliver. But I would definitely check that out. I think that um, Mark would, would love their T-shirts. Huh. Noted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Better than giving your money to Amazon. Um, support local, even though it's Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. I'm just kidding. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, before we begin, just a quick favor to ask. If you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews only take, oh gosh, reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they really help us reach more people. So we'd really appreciate it. And they only take a few seconds. So get on that. Thank you. All right. So June is not only Father's Day, but it's also Men's Health Month. So today we're bringing on one of my favorite people in the world, Andy Era. He's a dietitian, personal trainer, and dad right here in Columbus, Ohio. As much as we considered having our own husbands on to talk about men's health, we thought perhaps someone who lives and breathes health and wellness and helps others develop sustainable wellness goals might be a better option. And since we know most of our listeners are women, we encourage you to listen to this with the men closest to you, or at least take notes for them and share those notes with them later. All right, let's go ahead and welcome Andy to the podcast. All right, Andy Era is on the podcast today. So happy to have him here. We're going to actually start, Andy, before we get into learning about you with some icebreakers. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So okay. ready. Right, awesome. Okay, we've got two fantastic ice cream um, places to get ice cream here in Columbus, Ohio, Graders and Jenny's. Which one would you choose? Uh I, I'm going to have to go with Jenny's just for the sole fact of the foodie ice cream choice that you can you can get there. It's great. Yeah. And what's your favorite flavor? Um, ooh, it varies too much. But I think the always a go-to is that Brambleberry Crisp. Very, very oh, good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so good. And if you're not, if you're not, if you're wondering what Jenny's is, just Google it. J-E-N-I. It is, it is some delicious ice cream. All right. Beach it's vacation or mountains? Beach. Yeah, just let it let it relax a little bit. Soak in the sun. Yeah, 
I, I, I agree with you. All right, here we go, Andy. At what age were you the most <laughs> awkward? <laughs> uh, now? Is it still going on? No, um, I really had to think about this one because I, don't, I have like gone through different like sizes and like I think there was like that awkward teen years where I sprouted to like 6'2 before all my friends in fifth grade. So I think it was like kind of that lanky, what, what, how old are you in fifth grade? Like 12, 10, 13? 11? Is that right? 10? Oh, <laughs> I was way off. I don't even know. Uh, I'm so bad. 10. We all have Whenever kids. I entered... <laughs> it's so embarrassing. When I entered no, into middle school, I remember being like two times the height of all my friends. And that was very awkward. Um, along with all the stuff that comes with that, you know, puberty for guys, uncomfortable. For girls too. Yes. I don't know. But, oh, absolutely. Wait, yeah, Nicole, what was not. your most awkward age? Oh, man. <laughs> I would say like 12 to 13. The there acne was in full effect. It had the braces. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was the chunky chunky of the school. Um, and I had those wire rim glasses. I was, I was sexy. And I didn't know that what to do hot. with my hair. It was just like <laughs> this mane of nap. Um, just like this curly <laughs> frizzy, didn't know what to do. It was, it was really bad. Wait, it, yours was curly and frizzy. Yeah, it still is. I just do something with well, it now. Okay. Cause I mean, if no one, I'm sorry, but no one could talk about curly frizzy hair to me. Like you, sorry, you, have, you just can't you have difficult no. hair. It yes, is difficult. Thank you. Yes. Okay. All right. Moving on. All right. <laughs> well, what's, what was your most awkward age, Gina? You don't get out of this. Definitely. Definitely eighth grade. Everything that you just said, plus the actually frizzy, curly, like fro of a hair. Like my mom would never let me grow out my hair because it was just too much to handle. And so she would always cut it short and it just, oh gosh. And it, oh, mm. and I tried to straighten it. And you know, when you try to straighten curly hair and then it poofs up throughout the day, oh, it's just not pleasant. Mm. So definitely eighth grade. I just I put a ton of gel iron. in mine. Oh, you couldn't put enough gel in my hair to, to, to make it look even halfway decent. <laughs> I feel oh like I know goodness. you both so much better now. <laughs> all right, yeah, Andy. I have a great picture of all of you guys right now. Yeah, we're hot. <laughs> Definitely yeah, hot. So hot. <laughs> well, Andy, tell us about you. I know Gina knows you, but uh, our listeners yeah. and I do not. And then tell us a bit about what you do and why you became a dietitian. And we also want to hear about your son. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, tell me about me. Tell you guys about me. Excuse me. Um, well, I'm 34, uh, living in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I've known Gina for a long time. She was my favorite preceptor. I love to what tell what? people that. She Aww. was so cool. And I was like, man, I want to be just like Gina, but no frizzy hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I, you know, I went to Ohio State. Um, I did my internship through Mount Carmel, which is no longer around. Um, that, that was, I think, discontinued. But um, I, I figured out I wanted to be a dietitian. I had kind of like a mid-college crisis. Did you guys have any of those at all? Like where you switch majors or did you guys both know you wanted to be RDs? I knew. I shouldn't be asking the questions. Okay. (laughs) No, it's a good question. I think a lot of people have that. that Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I started at Ohio State in international studies and I was uh, thinking I was going to be Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. Here it comes full circle. Um, And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm really into that. I, I started to take Arabic classes. I took like two years of Arabic classes. Um, and the, the short of it is I didn't get an internship and I had like this crisis and I was like, what am I really into? And I was taking like a GED class for nutrition at the time. And I'm like, this is amazing. I love it. And I was like telling all my friends about it and trying to coach my family about it. Um, and kind of the rest is history. So 
that's kind of how I fell into the career path, um, but also started to see the benefits of nutrition and training um, through college and in high school with sports. So I, I kind of pieced all those things together, um, kind of backwards, but I'm, I'm happy I fell into it that way. Um, so, so yeah, so now here I am, um, I think 11 years in practice, graduated in 2010 and we're in 2021. So close to that 10 to 11 years. And uh, yeah, I have a little boy, his name's Theodore. He goes by Teddy and he is two and a half he's a stud he um just yeah so so tall everyone always sees him um with my colleagues kids who are older and they're like oh are they all like the same age i'm like no he this person's like a year and a half older and x y and z and i just jump right into the nutrition i'm like yeah i just feed him steaks and like supplement his diet with creatine and all this <laughs> other stuff just to get a laugh and like also finish the awkward conversation but uh it's uh yeah he's he's great he's in daycare um full-time and we just love seeing what he's doing and being a oh, part of that so that's a i know you age. guys know all about that yeah Okay. And so wait, what's your day ahead. job now? Um, so my day job now is I am a coach. I'm, I, I like to call myself like uh, a life changer. I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's um, we can get into this later if you want. But, mm -hmm. you know, all the coaches at the facility have a different role almost where like this particular coach is really good with like athletes that were in college and they want to like find the next thing to do. Um, another coach that's like good with mom's postpartum and getting back to fitness and doing different things like that. Um, and for me, I love to take on the people that are like kind of scared to step foot into the gym, maybe have like a hundred pounds to lose, maybe have a couple of chronic diseases going on and don't really know how to manage those very well. Um, so I didn't coin myself with that nickname, our boss did, but I do kind of like how that sits. I, um, cause it is, it's really cool to be a part of that journey and talk to people about like, you know, they can get up off the floor without their hands now and they're eating differently and thinking about vacations differently and things of that nature. So, uh, so I'm a coach, I'm a fitness coach and a dietitian at Friendship Fitness, uh, which is in Columbus, Ohio, in the Dublin area. Cool. Yeah. So would you say you're one of the few or are you one of many um, trainers where you work who can also talk about nutrition and give specific nutrition um, recommendations? Yeah, we have, so we have a nutrition team. Um, okay. The other two coaches that are on our team are precision nutrition certified, uh, which is a pretty, pretty good quality certification from what I've seen and from what I've looked through. Um, so it's nice to also just continue to have that kind of separated process where it's like, you know, Andy's the dietitian, he can help with the high blood pressure, the high cholesterol, um, obesity, meal planning and all that stuff, but then also have these other coaches to maybe take on a more holistic side of things or have someone who's a little bit more of like a, like a mom presence, like really nice support and high accountability. So it's really cool that we have people to go to for different things. Um, mm -hmm. Other than that, the other fitness coaches don't really jump into that realm. It's just like really nice to be able to say like, Hey, go talk to Andy about that, or mm. I'll get you in touch with Andy. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. So what is it like being a male RD in a female dominated field. And I don't, I wish I had the stats here. I want to yeah. say what, like 5% of dietitians are males. I, mm. I made that up, but that's my guess. <laughs> it's probably a good guess. I think it's close to that. Honestly, I think I remember seeing an 8% stat one time. Okay. Um, but again, don't hold me to that. Um, did you, did you guys know that they call us unicorns in the field? 
Have you heard that before? <laughs> that's no, but that's perfect. Because we're so rare. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, even though unicorns aren't real or rare, but I, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think it's always been fun because, I mean, you stand out. Um, and for me personally, like Gina, you know, I'm a very boisterous and loud personality. It's fun for me mm-hmm. to take on that attention and then just be able to run with that. Um, but, it, you know, in terms of a day-to-day thing, um, I think it's it's pretty unique because uh, it does open the door for different conversations. Um, I think people by nature, I think the same gender people like to speak to the same gender practitioner. Um, not that I see that a hundred percent of the time, but you know, I, especially when I was younger, I don't, I didn't see a, you know, a postpartum mom who was like thinking I had no idea what having a kid was like, or dealing with, um, you know, weight issues or like what that lifestyle looks like, like talking to a 23 year old guy, they're like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about this. I don't want to talk to him about this stuff. So it does help separate that out a little bit and, uh, create more of a niche in that. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I think in general, when I was in the clinical setting, it was very hard. People just thought I was a doctor. So that was, <laughs> that was very hard and also super regressive in their thinking. I'm like, actually I'm a dietitian. So, uh, let's talk about your heart healthy diet. So it works a lot better now, um, in the fitness field and what I'm doing now for sure. Uh, that is so interesting that people assumed you were a doctor. Yeah. And I was wow. like, I was like, no way. That's, I, I, you know, I had a ton of cheesy jokes at the time to use, but it, yeah, it was. I mean, that's immediately what they think of, and it's just crazy to see where gender roles are in mm-hmm. in this thing, and um, and especially too in the fitness field that I'm in. I love, love, love promoting super strong women. So I love to just like counteract that with like, oh, are you, like, are you sure you feel that way? Like this woman right here, she's super strong, super smart. What do you think about that? And just, just kind of flipping on them right away. Mm, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Cool. As a female mm-hmm. hockey player, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. That's, can you cuss? Is it, that's badass. I don't know if you have to <laughs> do, do it. Do it. Blank that we'll out put, or not. We'll put the E on it. We'll put the E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got to remember that. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So what are some things specifically health related that you have noticed about your male cli- clients that you don't perhaps notice as much amongst your female clients? Mm. Well, I could tell you one thing. Um, again, bringing it back to what I do on a day-to-day basis, um, the, the, male, the male clientele definitely, I don't think, have a lot of uh, big picture focus. A lot of it is very much like, hey, like I'm looking to get jacked. What can I do to get there? You know, <laughs> um, and and you know they talk. They love to talk about like all the protein that they're eating or like the supplements that they're taking. And you know when you compare that to, I think a traditional female client that comes in, I think they're thinking a little bit more well-rounded, big picture. Um, so it is a lot of what we do is goal setting and talking to people about. Um, this term I like to use called misapplied precision, like maybe where they're, they're thinking they should be putting a lot of their focus, but they are, you know, are coming to us for a service and to be coached. So helping them kind of realign those things, take what they are looking for and maybe put that out in a a more clear and clarified journey for them. So, so definitely see a lot of that um, as well as I think just this constant focus of maybe needing to do more, um, and I think that's just diet culture. 
we see it all the time on Instagram and, you know, this person's doing that. I feel like I need to do more. So uh, I do think that men in general love to take things on, love to put things on their shoulders. Like I need to do more. I need to be doing an hour of workout, an hour of cardio, meal planning, everything, counting my macros. Mm. Um, so helping them kind of like take a step back, like help get the ego in check, put a little humility there um, just to make sure that, you know, what they're looking to achieve, we can start to do that tangibly. So mm -hmm. there's a couple big things there. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. I like how you said <coughs> big picture. I've always said the all or nothing approach. That's how I, I typically, and I can tell quickly into an appointment if the gentleman I'm working with is kind of an all or nothing. Like either, like you said, I'm working out two hours a day and I'm on point with my diet or I'm just spooning junk into my face as fast as I can. And it, <laughs> it, there's really no, it, it's it's either on or off. Yeah, it's, it's hard to teach moderation, isn't it? It's people, yeah, it's always yeah. like more, more, more um, when, you know, especially in the business that I'm in, turnaround is so high, right? People mm -hmm. are always looking for the next best thing. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, this, another big part with the males that I see is just finding something enjoyable. Um, you know, getting back to a fitness and nutrition approach that is enjoyable and sustainable yes. as opposed to like, hey, we're going to do this for three months, get that beach body ready, and then I'm going to move on to my Peloton or my mirror or whatever it is, the next best thing. So um, just helping them out with that. Yeah, nothing against those products. They're great, but. Are you talking about the us. mirror, like the workout mirror? Yes. What are they called again? I, I can't remember, but I know I can yeah. picture it. Do people actually yeah, use those? I've never seen one in real life. Yeah, I know somebody so with did one. you know, oh, really? did you guys know that Lululemon purchased them? So they're going to be mm -hmm. selling mirrors out of their store, I believe. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's I crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Huh. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, nothing, I think nothing beats just that in-person relationship that you can build, the accountability level, something to say like, you know, hey, how are your kids doing? How was that weekend trip to upstate New York? And like be able to touch on that and make it a little bit more personable rather than just like staring at a hologram in a mirror. So mm -hmm. yeah. you never know. You never yeah. know. Interesting. Huh. Mm -hmm. I love talking to other dietitians. Um, so we, <laughs> <laughs> we know that men are less likely to see a doctor on a regular basis. Do you find that men are more or less open with you as a practitioner and trainer because you're male? Um, and what are some ways to get men to be more open about their health and perhaps see a professional? Wow. Great question. Um, I absolutely do think that they do open up a little bit more to me. Uh, and I think it's because of the the clinical approach that we try and provide and having, you know, that RD behind my name. Um, and it is, it's, you know, our, our demographic is younger. Um, I would say that we're in their thirties to mid forties is probably where a lot of people float in our facility. And I think it's just that, if you don't already have an established practitioner, um, because there's nothing clearly going wrong, uh, it's a lot of people don't think about seeking one out just to kind of what I would coin, you know, check what's going on underneath the hood. So I do think that they do open up a little bit more. Um, and thankfully, you know, my huge clinical background at least gives me some good insight into, you know, something that they may be saying or, um, you know, family history that we take on an intake where I can actually encourage them to go check that out. Um, mm. So, but in general, I think, you know, men, <laughs> we, we all know that I think we think we're uh, invincible and that we'll live forever. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all um, 
pretty, pretty arbitrary until you actually, you know, have that scary aha moment where, you know, you have a, a high blood pressure moment or um, your sibling has a heart attack and you have that first degree relative that is now dealing with like a chronic illness. So um, these are the types of questions that I type of app, I, the types of questions I try and ask um, just to make sure that they're thinking about those things because it, you know, by so so many different means goes beyond how much you can squat or how how good you look in a tank top and all that stuff. So again, trying to bring people back down to that more chronic health thought. Um, mm. What was the second part of that question? Oh, um, anything that like, what are some tips to get men more open to talking about their health and perhaps seeing a professional? So uh, okay. maybe answer this as a, as a male, and I and I realize yeah. you are a dietitian, so you're. But it mm-hmm. just, you know, I, I would say in particular, I'm thinking about Nick. When we first started dating, he was 27, and I can conv- I had to convince him to go see a doctor, even though he was only 27. He needed, just like you said, to check what was under the hood. Um, he also has a lot of family history, but at the time we had just started dating, so that was kind of nice. I wasn't his nagging wife yet. Uh, but what would be, what are some tips as a male? What, how would you best recommend that women or partners in general approach the topic with their partners to go see a doctor, mm. even if they are healthy on the outside? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> get into just like more relationship management here. This is great. Um, We're getting deep. Yeah, I don't know. I think it for everything, right? It gets back down to what's your why, right? Like what what is going to push that person over the edge to make and take action? So, you know, it depends on the person, but I would oftentimes, um, you know, ask secondary questions um, like, okay, looking good is all that great, but, uh, you know, what about um, our kids? Like, does, is walking your daughter down the aisle important to you? Mm-hmm. Is getting and playing with grandkids important to you? Uh, being able to get up and down off the ground to do that without assistance? Um, so I think you just, you have to ask a lot of questions. And if I was um, in your shoes, Gina, that's, you know, that's what I would kind of, uh, I would play like the heartstrings a little bit with Nick, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> do you, do you love me? Don't you want to be around and grow old with me? Right. You have to find that thing that's going to strike the heartstring a little bit, um, which I'm sure is unique to everyone. Um, but I, you know, just in, in general, we were as a nation getting heavier, getting sicker, um, it's so, so much better to have better insight into your, your clinical picture, your health picture, build a hedge on that now, understand what's going on now before it comes down to, you know, heaven forbid a, a stage three or four cancer or an issue that can it be rectified without medicine or surgery or whatever that may be. So I'd much rather have that peace of mind day to day than, you know, think about every little bump and nick or ping or headache and be like what's going on in, in the skin and underneath the hood so yeah it's it's yeah. a tough one because some people just just think that you know they're they're great just because they feel good day to day i'm sure yep. we've all heard that and then have heard something crazy happen mm-hmm. yeah and as i approach 40 i'm realizing too that yeah we feel great in our 20s and 30s but as we age things start to 
I don't know, not work quite as well. And so mm -hmm. you have this quote on your Instagram that says, you are trying to die young as late as possible. And I think that's a great <laughs> quote to use with your partner. Don't you want to die young? I mean, just that in itself, D die young, die feeling good. Like you can live to be 70 or 80, but don't you want to still feel good? And in order to, to do that, you it is good to find a professional who can help you achieve your your goals, your wellness goals and and yeah, die young as late as possible. I love that. Um, so for the men out there and perhaps their partners who are listening, what are the top two to three health threats to men in general? And what are some strategies for combating those threats? Honestly, the one I've been seeing most often lately has a lot to do with uh, mental health, I think. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a big one. And, uh, you know, honestly, for us in, in our facility, you know, helping people get to a position where they, uh, you know, are getting a dopamine release from exercise or, you know, feeling good about themselves, having a release in a healthful way from fitness and maybe eating better and looking at those lifestyle components. Um, you know, that's a, that's a big one I've been seeing a lot recently. And we've had a lot of conversations in our facility about that, which is, uh, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, and how it's kind of like a new hip thing to say, you know, you're seeing a mental health specialist or you're being medicated for that. Uh, and I'm glad that, that that's coming to the forefront of conversation, but that is a big one. Um, and I would say that almost maybe number one recently. Would you say that's more more recent since COVID or has that been, um, I mean, has it gotten worse since COVID? I think the answer is yes, but have you noticed that? Yeah, we've had a we've had a handful of people come in since even in the thick of COVID when we were able to reopen our doors, you know, saying that they just, you know, had to get out, had to move, had to do something to like communicate with people and get out of their own heads. And yeah, so I would definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. And I think almost, I think they, they keep saying that a lot of the women are taking on more of the housework and, and childcare during the, the time of COVID. But I think at the same time, we have to remember that when that's happening, generally speaking, if there is a man involved or a husband or dad, that they're also taking on more uh, as far as work is concerned. So it has to balance. So if they're taking on more work, that's more stress. And not that it's not causing stress for the women, but I think mm -hmm. I can I can absolutely see that. I mean, I, we were just talking about that before you got on here, actually. And the, the thing that, that Nick said that he wants to work on is his mental and emotional wellness over the, this mm. next year. So I, I I definitely can see that. What about what about the other two? Yeah, um, I would say the other two probably fall a little bit more clinically based. Um, it is very. Uh, and I don't know how often you guys talk about this with just other dietitians or practitioners or even people you may coach or counsel, um, but just the, you know, at times they, they use this term in the clinical setting, polypharmacy, just like this slew of medications that people may be on. Um, you know, we're no by no means anti-physician or doctors or hospitals, um, but what we do find are a lot of people coming in and just, you know, just because they had um, slightly elevated blood pressure, let's they, the doctors or the way they coin it to us, at least is always like, we'll just put you on this, this very low dose blood pressure medication, just, you know, just to watch it, just to manage it a little bit. Uh, same thing with cholesterol medications and um, you know, these individuals coming in looking for guidance and coaching, just like being completely okay with that. 
Um, and you know, for me personally, my, my own thing is I, you know, I don't want to be on medications to manage my own health. Um, you know, like is, what is it? Socrates, let food be thy medicine, right? Mm -hmm, the the mm -hmm. infamous quote. Um, so it is very challenging. Those are, I would say just those other clinical pieces that come with obesity, inactivity, um, not knowing how to eat properly. I, I would say that those would be the next two, two high ones. It's very, very common for people to say just low dose medication for X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I'm just thinking of uh, some people in my family, sometimes there's nothing you can do for it. I mean, I, I have people in my family right. who are quite young and are on blood pressure medicine. And I know that's not what you're talking about, but there are instances where there's really not much you can do for it. I mean, for example, I have high, I have high cholesterol. I, I don't know what I could do to change it. I could probably give up meat. <laughs> don't know if I want to, but I guess I, I, I right. guess I could. I guess I could let food be, be thy medicine and not take a, um, a medication. And maybe I'll have to do that at some point. But, um, but I do think sometimes, yeah, you, you, there's not much you can do for, for it. But in general, I, yeah, I don't work in a clinical setting. But just from the conversations I have, medicine. I mean, these doctors are just so quick to put the right. Band-Aid on it and, and, and hand out a, a script. Do you, I'm sure you see that too, Nicole, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a, in my opinion, there is a place and time for it for sure. Uh, totally, totally get that. And there's, you know, we ask all these questions in our screening process and our counseling and, and all that stuff. Um, but it is, it's, I think we're in the medical field, the, the consumers are being done a disservice by not being spoken to enough about diet and lifestyle and like, COVID included, like mm -hmm. it's all these discussions about, you know, what we can do to help stimulate the economy. So, you know, we can get back on our feet as a nation and all these things. And there's, hasn't been any conversation about the high risk of what, uh, the, the contraction has been, which has been, you know, uh, inactivity, weight status, all these things that go to just a much higher contraction rate. Um, and it's been, yeah, it's a little disappointing. It's sad. It just hasn't been talked about more. Wait, I'm sorry. Explain what you're saying. You're saying that those things make are making you more or less more likely to contract COVID. Well, for yeah, uh, in a, in a mm -hmm. sense, there's you know you talk about immunity, um, you know the lean body mass that helps with immunity, um, you know just lung capacity that can be uh, trained and improved through consistent mm -hmm. fitness and done in a right way, uh, eating healthfully. That's been studied more and more recently about what that's done for helping build immunity and helping with uh, prevention of contraction of COVID. Uh, you know, I mean, personally, I was in the thick of it. I mean, I was seeing hundreds of people per day come through our facility and never once contracted it and got antibodies tested numerous times. And I was just like, completely floored. I was I was like, I'm for sure coming out on the other end of this with uh, a COVID diagnosis and never, yeah, never happened. So mm -hmm. Yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, it's a miracle. I I agree. <laughs> oh well, prostate cancer is unique to men. What are some dietary and activity habits that men can begin to impl implement uh, in order to decrease their risk? Yeah, yeah. This this one hits close to home. I do the I do the Movember stuff once a year. So this one is kind of falls into that category. You got, are you guys familiar with Movember mm -hmm. and the Movember foundation? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so we talk about this a little bit at my gym, um, and kind of get this huge thing going for that each year. 
But, uh, you know, in general, it's, it's really just helping people get a better understanding of, you know, what are those risk factors. Um, and for us, as for, for me as a dietitian, it's great because we talk a lot about fruit and vegetable consumption. Uh, so just talking to people about that. Um, I saw a statistic at one point that it was uh, about four servings of vegetables per day uh, reduces your risk of prostate cancer by 41%. Wow. So that's, that's huge. Um, and I know, you know, I'm sure you guys struggle with helping people eat more vegetables. Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's, that's a fun thing to talk about. Um, but I think also too, just, just helping people continue to just understand the general healthful nutrition with like, you know, lots of plants, watching your fat intake, uh, keeping that moderated and the added sugars that you consume as well, um, all play a role in, in prostate cancer, prostate cancer development, um, and then keeping your weight within uh, a healthful range too. So mm-hmm. thankfully, you know, all these things play very easily into, you know, a coaching session or a counseling session. Um, and uh, yeah, we've, we actually, I haven't actually run into um, too many people other than one other client that has had that. So we're doing pretty good and mm-hmm. just in terms of my circle. So have you guys mm-hmm. had that in your own kind of first degree? Prostate cancer? Yeah, just like in yeah. someone you know or a family member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. I was I just did some genetic counseling because I have breast cancer in my family, but I also mm-hmm. have prostate cancer in my family on my, on my mom's side. And I learned, and I didn't know this, maybe you two already know this, but that they are linked. So when you have someone in your family with prostate cancer, you are also at higher risk for um, carrying that BRAC, BRAC gene, mm-hmm. B-R-A-C. Um, so I did not realize that. I thought that my risk only kind of stopped at the breast cancer in my family, but it's also um, increased because I've got two people in my family with prostate cancer, and I did not know that. So yeah, I've definitely my grandpa. Oh, that's super interesting. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. My my grandpa had breast cancer, and that's actually this was years ago, but he did pass away from prostate cancer. I don't think it's as I think that most people survive prostate cancer. Again, this is kind of. I don't know this for a fact, but I, I feel that that is the case now. Um, it's it's easy. They spot it quicker. They've got better screening tools. Um, so you're more likely to survive pro- prostate cancer. But my um, uncle also had it, but he is still living. So yeah. My dad has prostate cancer, actually. Um, and he had the radioactive seeds implanted. Reminds me, too, of when we interviewed, um, I'm blanking on her name, of course, but um, Dr. Hirsch, uh, you know, when she referenced breast cancer as really more of like a chronic disease these days. Um mm-hmm. It wow. seems like prostate cancer is is up there as well. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like one in nine. One in nine men will be diagnosed in their lifetime. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's but but Gina, like you said, very very survivable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the more reason, right, to to get that um, to get that physician in your life yeah. and start talking about these things because the symptoms are actually like kind of vague to the point where unless you're like really talking to someone about it to pinpoint that might be going on, you know, it's like. You know, the frequent urination, I saw uh, a symptom that could be like in like low back pain and mm-hmm. tightness there. Um, so there, there are, they seem very um, just like maybe you run in the mill if you're not connecting the dots. So mm-hmm. having those conversations with someone early can be, you know, the, the differentiator there. And screening is yeah. a blood test. I mean, that's so easy, yeah. right? I mean, no reason not to just have to see a physician, you know, see a provider. This is a question that probably we should have gone um, closer to the beginning of our of our interview yeah. here, but we're kind of going back to what we talked about when you said that when men come in, oftentimes they just want to get big and buff and they want to drink their protein drinks. And so I do, we I talk feel like, like we all too. know. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. 
That was good. That was good. Uh, So I do feel like men tend to focus a lot on resistance training. I know that's probably very true. But can you just describe maybe why it's also important for them to um, be well-rounded and include some cardio? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the short of it is um, if you're not doing something, you are inherently weak in that area, right? So if you're completely avoiding cardio, just like if you'd be completely avoiding a food group, right? You're missing out on the the myriad of benefits that that can provide. Yeah. So, you know, for us, it's like, you know, we get, we have this split model where in short, you can focus on weight training or cardio, right? And we always can pinpoint the people that are going to focus on one or the other. Um, but, you know, your heart's a muscle too. And we have to train that muscle to be able to deal with, um, you know, sudden stressful events or be able to walk up the hill holding a toddler or run from danger, right? All these things that if you're completely avoiding that, when it comes to that time to express that in the real world, right, you're, you're at a deficit. Um, then you can take it, I think, into deeper layers to talk about, you know, how you can make your resistance training more effective. If you're working on cardio, you can recover faster between sets. You can lift more in those sets and things of that nature. So there are a lot of kind of overlaps in, in connected pieces to that. Um, and, you know, for us, we focus on a lot of resistance training that's like on a time domain. So you, you're kind of getting cardio even when you're, when you're trying to just lift weights. So it's, it can be complicated, but I think the short of it is, you know, let's, let's train that heart. Let's make it nice and healthy so you can continue to, you know, do the other things um, that you're spending the other 23 hours of your day doing well. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's I think that's a great way to describe it. And I think also as you mentioned and I and I do believe I know that men don't have a they don't live as long as women. In fact, I just looked it up and it says that men, oh shoot. Men live to be on average I think 76 and women 81 and I've already lost it, but I think that was that was it. Uh, wow. And what you said is that you you see more men coming in who are on prescriptions for things like cholesterol, heart um, or blood pressure. And I think with those in mind, so heart disease, obviously mm-hmm. working out your heart and doing cardio is, is going to be helpful for that. Um, but I think flipping the script Huge. a little bit and saying, well, if you do cardio, it will actually make you a better, you know, resistance trainer. That'll kind of mm-hmm. hit their vanity spot a little bit too. So I think that's a, totally. that's a really good way to spin it. Mm-hmm. All right. So alcohol is linked to a myriad of cancers and even heart disease when consumed in excess. How do you counsel on the importance of moderation in alcohol or do you? Yeah, I do. Actually, I think that's, you know, people always ask like, hey, what's like the number one thing you coach on? And I would say like kind of in tandem with making sure people are eating proportionately well throughout their day when it comes to like their macros, uh, it's definitely like talking to people about their alcohol consumption. It's just, I think in the demographic that I'm in up here in the, like the Dublin Powell area, um, it's just like, you know, people, it's not uncommon for people to, you know, crack a beer or drink wine like every night after work Mm. and and all these things. So um, it's hard to tell someone no if you don't really understand what it is that they're working for. Um, so it gets, it gets back to like, you know, what's their why, what's their goal, what are they working on? And then you have to spin it just like that resistance training question. You have to say like, okay, like, you know, you have heart disease in your family. Okay. Well, do you know these statistics about alcohol and heart disease and what that can do and what it does for your organs? So it is, it becomes a very, um, 
it can be hit or miss. Like, you know, you take a stab at a method and people are like, you know, you can't take my wine from me or whatever they say. Uh, Cause I've had that plenty of times. Um, so it's, it's, I think it starts there with the why, with their goal setting. And then you kind of just work to kind of meet them where they are. You know, they're there looking to make a change. So, Hey, let's just, instead of maybe six drinks a week, can we get it down to five drinks a week? Um, and just starting there. Um, but I feel like a lot of people, they're training with us at the same time. And that is a very easy, you're completely taking steps backwards when you're drinking alcohol in and around your exercise. Um, so it's, it is a very like, hey, you're kind of like wasting your time if you're going to be consuming and then consuming in excess surrounding your workout. So mm -hmm. I tell them no drinking on school nights sometimes. And that, that tends to be a really good spot to start uh, and just kind of like compartmentalize that to just certain occasions so they can enjoy it and treat it socially like it maybe should be. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And that's kind of a rule I give to myself. I don't, I try not to drink on school nights and I also try not to drink alone. That's another one of my sort of, I don't, rules, I guess, I if you will, that. but yeah. <laughs> if I'm just going to like, because Nick doesn't drink anymore. I don't know if you knew that, but he doesn't drink. And so I'm not going to just sit and drink by myself. I mean, I, I will, but I try not to. There's no need mm -hmm. for me to do that. Um, so that's kind of another rule, like sort of an unspoken rule that I have. Yeah. I like that. It's like a good identity based decision there, right? It's like yeah. Gina does not drink alone. <laughs> only with friends. <laughs> um, but that when I swear, when you make it black and white like that, it makes things so much easier. Uh, I heard this quote today or yesterday, like there are thousands of decisions to be made on any given day, yet there's only one answer. And like that can be applied to certain things like that, I think, um, mm -hmm. where you like just don't want to make uh, that bad decision or in that instance, whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. Well, Andy, is there anything else about men's health you'd like to share or talk about that we didn't cover? Um, you know, I would just urge gents listening um, or people <laughs> listening that are going to be speaking to gents in their life um, that, you know, I think where I'm at in my my career and my own personal like fitness and, and nutrition journey, I think it's so important just to find something that you enjoy doing. You know, there's so many like next best things out there, or I read this on the internet, or I heard this from a friend, or this person's doing that. Um, you know, the biggest thing is so many people aren't doing anything, you know, just do something, do something that's going to make you happy, whether it's swimming, yoga, CrossFit, um, Peloton, Jazzercise, all the fun things. Um, and then, you know, I think that's the big key to the consistency piece, which is there's, you know, that there's no silver bullet. It's just consistency over time. Uh, so I just, I, I love to show people um, fun and happiness that comes with fitness and that comes with, you know, being able to make good nutrition changes that fit for your lifestyle. Uh, so find someone to help you with that. Find something so you can live past 82 and outlive that lady in your life. <laughs> so we can <laughs> no, live a little you'll longer. Never. <laughs> you'll never. Um, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Andy. And can before we go, where can listeners find mm -hmm. you? Or if they're in Columbus, how can they work mm -hmm. with you? Yeah. Uh, so like I mentioned earlier, I'm at Friendship Fitness and Nutrition. Uh, we can be found in Dublin, Ohio. Um, very easy website, friendshipfitness.com. Or you can just anytime shoot me an email directly to andy at friendshipfitness.com. Awesome. Do you want to give out your Instagram handle? 
Oh yeah, that's hard to say, Gina. <laughs> it's <laughs> underscore your underscore friend underscore Andy underscore. <laughs> we'll be sure to put that in the show notes in case you missed that underscore underscore <laughs> underscore. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Andy. And yeah. it's early, but have a great Father's Day. And thanks for being on the podcast. Oh. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Andy. Take care. All right, that was wonderful. And I thought we would end kind of hearing from our husbands, even though they're not here. But what I thought we would do as a follow-up, I thought we would ask our husbands, what is one health habit you think you can work on over the next year to continue striving for more balance and wellness in your life? So we each asked our husbands before we got on here, what did Mark say, Nicole? He was quick to say less snacking at night and then followed it up with, I quote, less binging specifically. <laughs> he he did use the word binging. Uh, and I, I often joke that you would never know a dietitian lived in our house because <laughs> there's, it's bad. You know, he's got his like cabinet. Um, but he, he has some snack habits in the evening hours. I I'm, it, it, there is no intuitive eating going on. That's for sure. Um, it is. Or habit. maybe it is. Uh, he's it, intuitively wanting to eat junk food. That's okay. <laughs> Me too, every day of my life. Uh, yeah, it, it's an area of opportunity for him, for sure. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. I, I, I'm just curious what, I mean, Mark is a big guy. Like, what is a, and I don't even want to use the word binge. It's probably yeah. just more uncontrolled eating, right? Where he's just kind of eating despite his hunger cues, just not thinking much about what he's putting in his mouth, eating for pure pleasure, maybe watching TV, right? And just kind of uncontrolled in his yeah. in his eating. It would, I would say several nights a week, he goes straight from the dinner meal into several bowls, like several cups per bowl of cereal, okay. usually something oh. like kids cereal, let's just call it that. And then once the kids go to bed, it really just depends. Um, It may be nachos, like just like melted, like cheesy does it kind of stuff with chips mm -hmm. followed oh, yeah. by sweet, like he buys like the five pound bags of like Costco Um peanut M&M's, Skittles, um, he'll eat saltwater taffy, but it's like a progression. It's never just like one or two or three things. It, it's like the courses keep going. <laughs> okay. Okay. Understood. And um, um, yeah, yeah I, it's amazing. It, it truly is amazing. I, I, I yeah, it's <laughs> he needs to come up with some smart goals for sure, because just saying less binging isn't really quite going to cut it. I'm sure you'll talk about that with him. Yes, and I'm sure he'll that, love to hear that from his wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I did. I did question him on it and he he, he wasn't quite sure he was going to think on it. OK. Mm -hmm. OK. What about Nick? Yeah. So Nick simply said, I want to work on me. And I kind of asked him to describe that a bit. And he says he wants to focus on more relaxation techniques and how not to get so mad. Uh, he's kind of had, I, I've never known Nick to be someone with a temper. And I would say lately, especially with the kids, he does have one and it's kind of off-putting. Uh, I don't enjoy it and neither does he. Like I'll find him saying, I hate like what I just did or what I've become. And I think it's just because of stress. And so I think that essentially he just needs to work on his emotional wellness and kind of how to handle stress from work rather than taking it out on the kids or on me or on himself. He just needs to figure out ways to relax more and um, breathe and sort of go to a different place when he's stressed and 
walk away. I don't know what he needs, meditation, something, but that's what he wants to work on this year. And I hope that he can become more specific and actually come up with some concrete goals because I agree with him. I think that he does need to work on that for sure. So I know this is the season that Nick kind of gets out and about and golfs and stuff. Do, are yeah. you, is it more like on a daily basis that he needs the WUSA kind of stuff, you know, just to ground and kind of step away from situations that I think up. so. Yeah, I think so. I, I am. I am very I love that he golfs and mm-hmm. I would say he's already golfed like four or five times this season. Um, we've had some pretty good weather here. So that that's mm-hmm. been nice. Uh, and it's not something that bothers me, even though it takes the entire day. Mm-hmm. I just I appreciate that he has that in his life and he has friends. He's not someone who I would be concerned if I was married to someone who didn't have any friends or never went out with their friends because like they need he needs that. I need that. I need him to get out so I have a break from him, you know, yeah. and vice versa. <laughs> but I think he just needs something more regular because the golfing is only, I don't know, two times a month, I would say, at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs something that's more regular that he can do on a daily basis. I wish it would be, he once said that he really feels like working out helps relax him, but he only does that once or twice a week. And I'm not going to push it, but mm-hmm. anyway, I think I think he can work on that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about mom wins or favorite new products or recipes? Uh, you can't take credit for this, but it is ironic because you've really gotten into the non-alcoholic beers. But Mark um, was having some weird numbness and tingling, and he decided he oh. was going to start taking a multivitamin and lay off the alcohol. I was like, okay. Oh. I mean, why would we go to a doctor? But it's fine. So he <laughs> is starting with, he he purchased Athletic Brewing Company Free Wave Hazy IPA. This is different than the one you got, right? Okay. It is. Yeah. The one that I got was, I don't remember what it was, but this one actually sounds much better. A Hazy IPA. Yum. I must say it was really good. Uh, I, I, very drinkable. And I like that we could find it locally. Um, I'm, oh, I looked at where it was from and I forgot to write it down. Um, I'm all for paying for shipping and everything, but it it can just get a little pricey. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So anyway, I just thought this was a good, nice option. Uh, so I would say that's my mom win favorite new products. I will say last weekend we were out on the boat two days and it's like if I have a beer or two in the afternoon, I just feel sluggish the rest yeah. of the day. I wish I didn't, but I really want to like enjoy that lifestyle, if you will, just like a cold brew, even if it's a fakie like that is that fills my recharge tank. So I am definitely going to resort to some non-alcoholic stuff this summer because um, it has the taste and that's what I'm looking for. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I do like the Athletic Brewing Company. I've never tried um, yeah, that flavor. Even the cans look really good. I mean, nobody... They do. Yeah. I, they've come a, a long way since I've been pregnant. So if you're pregnant and looking for non-alcoholic stuff, you're in luck. Yeah. Yeah. You're in luck. Agreed. What about you? So this is random... I love the Snack Factory Pretzel Crisps. We've been on a Pretzel Crisps kick recently. We had the buffalo flavor, just the plain flavor. And then recently I purchased the everything, almost like the everything pretzel uh, flavor. You know, it's got the, yeah, thank you. Everything yeah. bagel. Thank you. The garlic, onion, sesame seed. Oh, they're just so good. I can just oh go to town on those things. But yeah, that's it. Yum. Boring, but delicious. We had them at your house. They are great. All right. Well, coming up on June 20th, which is Father's Day, we will be dishing about smoothies and how you can boost nutrition in your blended bliss. 
Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets, just Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, everyone, until next time, be well, and Nicole will talk to you soon. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.